You're listening to the One Last Cast podcast, your home for tips, tricks, and stories from the Texas coast. Here are your hosts, Jonathan Hua and Meryl Seleski. All righty, welcome to another episode of the One Last Cast podcast. My name is Jonathan, and as always, we have Meryl Seleski here. Say hi, Meryl. Hey, how's it going, guys? Well, it's uh, our first episode together of 2023. Uh, it's uh, kind of the beginning of February. And uh, today's episode, we're going to be kind of diving into a little bit more of our, I think my fa- for me personally, it's my favorite time to fish, winter fishing. Um, don't know about you, but before we do that, let's give a shout out to some of our sponsors, Dirty South Kayak Anglers. If you are interested in joining a Facebook group that talks all fishing kayaking down here in the texas coast dirty south kayak anglers is the place to be lots of good information on there also knocking tail lures uh some of the actually not some of it, it's the best soft plastic in my opinion uh for uh, paddle tails uh that kind of get everything done you have trout redfish flounder the big three uh i throw that all the time and uh they have the three and a half inch uh four inch and the big five inch uh one uh and i it, it is my go-to soft plastic uh, uh, when I'm fishing down here. And for a printing, they make our custom merch, such as our uh, towels. They also do stuff like custom buffs. So whatever you want, you dream up and you need, uh, go ahead and get Aaron a shout out and he will uh, get that taken care of for you. Um, and actually, before we go into uh, winter fishing, Meryl, you were recently at the Houston Boat Show uh, this past weekend. Um, tell us a little bit about that. How how that go? Yeah, man, it was fun. Uh, yeah, you just reminded me. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to the people that came and visited us at the uh, at the uh, at the booth at F- uh, Fishing Tackle Unlimited booth. Uh, Nestor, uh, who's the other guys I messaged you? So I didn't forget. Jesse was one. Uh, w- uh, one of the guys purchased a, him and his son, or his son purchased a kayak. Um, and you're gonna make me go look through my all my text messages. No, no I don't even worry about it. Uh, <laughs> I did give him a shout out, at least a, a post, right? So I guess uh, that's part of it. So you guys that came out and said what's up, um, appreciate it. Also, uh, what's his name with the uh, Paul? Paul with uh, he came by and said hi for a little bit. He's a he he follows and he's very active. Uh, he's with Line Cutters, right? What's his yep. is that right? Yep. Paul. Yep. Paul. What's his last name? Coke. Uh, Coke. Coke, Coke, yeah, yep. Paul Coke. Appreciate yep. you swinging by, bud. Uh, means a lot. Uh, thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. You know, uh, so the boat show was uh, there was a lot less fishing tackle people there uh, than there was the years prior. Seemed like there was a lot more uh, different stuff there. Uh, a little bit more like roasted nuts and and like <laughs> pots and pans and uh, knives. And uh, other stuff there, uh, but usually, you know, I don't think Chicken Boy was there, and a couple other lure companies weren't there. Um, but um, uh, we did get to see Landers there. Uh, Landers is uh, uh, fish. Uh, he's coming up with a new popping cord. It does have a new own- owner. I don't know if I'm supposed to give out that information or not, but there's a new owners of Landers. Uh, but I use their pliers, I use their leashes, and I use their floats. And they got a new popping cork coming out too. Or they, they or it's not coming out; it's already out. They were selling that at the boat show. Um, I stopped by and talked to Ma- Michael Bose with uh, Down South Lures. He's always friendly, cool to talk to, down to earth person. 
Yeah, but um, not really much other than, you know, other than that. There uh, wasn't a lot of people that are up that are usually up and going for the boat show. So maybe we're going to see a bigger impact on the fishing show. So maybe there'll be a lot more people and a lot more tackle, a lot more lures during the fishing show. Um, that's what I'm expecting. Yeah, but uh, and I think but, the, the one of the big reasons is that because um, I think this is the second or third year that they've combined the, the what used to be a standalone Houston boat show with the Houston Auto Show. So um, th- this year it was combined together, um, and they, like I said, they've been doing it for the last few years. So uh, I think their targeted demographics for lure companies is it's not just fishing, and because. Um, or that's their target number, obviously just fishing. Whereas with the show here, it's it's a mixed demographic of auto enthusiasts as, as well as yeah. fishermen and boaters. So, um, yeah, I used to, uh, I used to um, years ago, uh, right when I actually got out of college, I, um, I worked for a company that did social media for the Houston Boat Show. So, and it was awesome because at the time it was just boats. And I was there, I got paid to be there. Um, and I just walked around and did social media. And um, I remember uh, being super excited because I I got I was one of the first people there. Um, and uh, I got all the good deals from like the bargain bins that they had. <laughs> <laughs> Why not, like, right? Yeah. Like, Stock like, on a whole bunch of stuff you probably don't even use. But hey, well, no, no, it was sale. like. I, I found it was I forgot it, I forgot what, what, what company it was, but it was like one dollar voodoo shrimp. <laughs> oh wow really wow. i was like i'm just packing them into a basket and like i had a whole basket it's like yeah it's like 30 bucks right here you know uh, yeah, and yeah and I, shrimp, I would... those are really good shrimps too yeah. uh i didn't realize how good they were until we fished that tournament uh where they they give you the hands of bait like they give you oh, the yeah. bait the, the morning before yeah. and you have to use those specific i wish i'd go back to that that was so much fun because you got to see survival. everybody yeah, you yeah. saw water survival. <laughs> the old school, because you got to see everybody. They're all like, "Oh, coffee," and you try to stuff tacos in their mouth, yeah. and everybody's groggy, waiting for these lures. And it's like, "Here's your pack." Yep. Everybody's like, "Burn off in the trucks <laughs> wherever they're going." Or uh, that was fun. That the, was the, fun. My first time I did that one, I remember I was, uh, I was just, I was so, uh, I, 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 it was actually one of my first tournaments I ever fished. Um, so I didn't really understand what shotgun start was. And like, I, it was, it was kind of weird to me, but anyways, I got the baits and I was just sitting there and I was talking to a buddy of mine. We were just sitting there and it was, it was really funny because it was like really lively. A lot of people were all around and all of a sudden we look up and it's like, everybody's gone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're like, Oh, we can leave now. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> but That's crazy. yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Uh, for for those of you guys listening online or on, on um on whatever podcast platform you are on, uh, we're actually live every other Wednesday, um, and you can find us at facebook.com forward slash one last cast podcast. You could also find us live on YouTube, um, and you can join us live and ask questions. We have a uh, some you know we have some people on here right now. Um, Perry, Perry's one of them. Uh, Perry, Perry Bowman. Yeah, he right. he says he says howdy uh, from the chat. Uh, so yeah, oh, if you have okay, questions, yeah. you ever want to join us live, go feel free to join us every other Wednesday. Just uh, follow our Facebook page. We'll, we'll be posting on there. Actually, follow our Facebook or Instagram, and uh, you can see when we're going to go live. And you can join us and ask questions and just join in on the fun. But hey, uh, um, I, I wanted to mention something. So we haven't even talked about the uh, Florida trip that I went in, did we? No, you we uh, we uh, we did not. 
Um, yeah. So l- let me let me actually uh, uh, kind of set the stage here. Yeah. Um, so back in uh, back in January, um, it was uh, you know I was just hanging around and out of the blue, Meryl said, let's, uh, Hey, do you want to go to Florida? Like, I was like, okay, when, uh, next week. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I roll, man. Let's go. That's how you roll. I'm like, I, I can't, I can't make that quick turnaround, dude. Uh, it's a good luck. Um, uh, have fun and uh, send pictures. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, he went out there and, um, apparently the, you know, you were maybe there, there, there are talks about, uh, I think you're targeting selfish, um, uh, maybe looking into getting the selfish smackdown that was happening that during that weekend. Right. Um, and you changed it into a different trip because that's how the weather came and that's how you rolled. So right. yeah, to tell us, tell us more about that trip. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the, the plan was to go catch selfish, right? So we, we're going to fish the tournament, pay the extra dollars in a, a entry fee. And, uh, you know, uh, usually they always change it on the weather and if they would have pushed it to the Sunday, then obviously I, I wouldn't make it back in town for Monday because I had obligations on Monday. Um, so I didn't want to pay that money. I mean, even though I'm like wasting thousands of bucks just going over there, you know, but I was just like, you know, still being tight with the entry fee. But anyway, so I went, I went down there. We went down there. The weather was perfect. The first day we got there actually uh, late in the evening, got our gear ready uh typically when you're going offshore you got to make sure all your lines good everything's in place because there's nothing more heartbreaking than when a fish gets on and then it comes off and you can check your gear so always check your gear make sure you got your stuff right um i had to put my uh i separate my rods and reels so i'll attach the reels to the rods feed the line put the leaders get all my baits ready that i'm going to troll um and uh you know if i'm throwing live bait which we did we use I'm going to say it wrong. Goggle eyes. And they're like, so if you don't know how much these baits are, they're like a hundred dollars a dozen. That's how expensive these baits are. Yeah. And the thing is, they're like, they're almost like croakers because in the essence of you have to be really careful with them and they're real slimy too. So you have to be, you can't handle them. You can't fondle them. Uh, I think Nick found out you can't put them in an, in a new bucket because it killed them all. <laughs> so I was the only one with like half a dozen of live of them. So we spent a hundred bucks on some bait um, and uh, finding a launch spot. So we get to them the next morning, perfect conditions. It's, I wouldn't say it's flat, but it's pretty close to flat. We get out there boats all around us. So it was a lot of pressure. We didn't even get a single bite that day. Uh, but uh my partner was kind of like, yeah, man, I had enough of this. So he's heading in early. So his game plan was like, man, I can't wait for the, for the nightlife, you know, cause they have a really good nightlife there uh, in fishing the canals with lights. So I was like, all right, man. So we came in, we got all our stuff ready for the nighttime, ate, ate something. And then we hit up the nightlife and it, he, it was great, man. We seen tarpon. I mean, like 80 pound tarpon to hundred plus pound tarpon. And we seen big snook, but we just went there at the wrong time because they just weren't feeding, but they were staging and they were, they were like outside the lights and just looking and the water was just so clear. Like I remember being, man, I, I, I don't know, maybe like a hundred yards out and you can still see the bottom from the beach. And I'm like, wow, this is unbelievable. You know, like this water's that clear. I remember being in the deep canals where all the big boats go through and yachts and you can still see the bottom of the floor 
And I was like, man, this water is just so clear. And we're by the inlets. And, uh, yeah, just fish everywhere. We got a couple bites, a couple hookups, nothing promising. And then uh, the weather guy lied. It was supposed to be flat for another two days. Storm came in early. We thought we could beat the storm. So we head to the other side of the coast the next day. And uh, we get there, and uh, the storm just uh, overcame us. So we had to come to a second plan to find some protection. And I think we, we shot to Fort Myers. So we shot to Fort Myers, and then we found some canal lights no lights in those canals. <laughs> so I was like, oh man, like who turns up all their canal lights? And so we find another spot. And I think we tried two other spots where it's like, yeah, no. And we finally found this other spot. We went with our original plan and uh to fish these one canal lights. We fished those and it was just lights out, man. Every single light we hooked up to snook. Uh now landing them was a trick, right? So uh, I had a I had a little practice from when me and my buddy Juan, Juan's on here. Uh, but I had a little bit of practice from fix, fishing Boca Raton on how they bite and how they have the drag set and stuff like that. So I was a little bit more successful once I told him, Hey man, are you, you know, how's your drag set? And he's like, Oh, it's pretty tight. I was like, okay, listen up your drag. And then I was like, Hey, why don't you let them eat first? And when you feel the line get tight, then set the hook because you have that like trout. If you feel that thump, sometimes you got to set the hook right away. Well, these snook, they were different. They were just kind of like hitting it. And if you try to set the hook, you wouldn't hook them right, or they wouldn't they wouldn't be on the hook. It's just like, oh man, you set the hook to nothing. So I was like, then just when you feel the thump, just keep reeling until the line goes tight, then set the hook. And then you gotta uh you gotta work the fish in to not where you're yanking them in, you know. Like if you pull them in, they, they'll get real acrobatic and that hook comes out if that line's too tight, because they got real paper thin mouths, uh kind of got a bigger mouth than a trout. So they got a lot more paper, I would say, more to paper. lose it. You got to hook them. <laughs> you got you to, gotta, uh, you know, you got to hook. If you hook them in the right spot, you get lucky, right? But sometimes you don't get so lucky. But, yeah, man, uh, I think I hit the 50 mark there. And, uh, yeah, man, just booked it on the way back. It was such a – we're going to stop in uh, Louisiana, but we're so tired, maybe like six hours of sleep total the last several days. So – we just booked it back after that. But uh, Snook was well worth it, man. I mean, just having a night, just nonstop Snook action. And that fight was just different, right? So I think I was addicted to just fighting a different fish and having fun and then being successful with it, too, as well. And uh, they were, you know, I wasn't 100% successful. That's what made it fun, you know, right? I had one of them uh, missed up my real he was dragging me in the canals and I, and I was coming to the end of my spool. So I'm trying to catch up with them in my, uh, my Hobie, I'll catch up to him, reel up, catch up to him, reel up. And then I had to thumb it at one point and then finally like my worm gear gave out on it somehow. But that was the only casualty other than that. Oh, and it maybe it was like 30 degrees below, not below, but it felt like 30 degrees below. I think, uh, my buddy had to go back to the truck and warm up. It got too cold for him. Um, and then, you know, me, I stayed out having fun and then went to the ramp, picked them up, came back and we went to go try, try a different area in that same area. And yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun, man. Just had a lot of fun and, uh, want to do it again, man. I just, you know, you know, there's a lot of, we saw a lot of tarp in there. So, I'd, you know, be nice to go over there, hook up on some tarpon. So 
I'm trying to get some homework done there and down south. So if you guys are interested, hit me up. Awesome. Well, a little bit jealous. Uh, sorry I couldn't go with you. Uh, I'd snook are still on my bucket list. Um, I think uh, I do want to, I, I think the bucket list is, is actually two two separate snook categories. And one of them is, is obviously Florida, but the other one is uh, um, we'll catch one in Texas. Because uh, I know as you get towards, uh, you know, Corpus and all that, they, they get a little bit more easier to catch as right. in not as in they're they're there you know not easy right. they're just they're there you know yeah. <laughs> um but yeah that, that, that that's awesome um yeah uh you know speaking of the cold you know it's winter fishing it's and that that's what our our, our episode we're going to be talking about today i look at 2023 um personally fishing has been pretty consistent it's been pretty good um, it hasn't been like a banner year, but it has, it's been, it's been good. Uh, a lot of it right now is just trying to figure out tidal movements and figuring out where the fish are going in rela- relation to that. Uh, some of my old areas that I, you know, typically were, you know, based upon my data that I keep that they, uh, the, the fish should be there. It hasn't been good. Um, I've been a couple trips where it would be like, um, actually a couple years ago, I went with, uh, uh, Curtis and Paul, uh, Paul Coke, like your, uh, like, um, who saw us went out there to a location and it was just all three of us limited on trout. Um, and this same time, uh, that I went out this year, you've been dead. Um, (laughs) and that's, 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 that's the nature of it, you know? Yeah, but that's our unique winner, right? So, what makes this winner unique compared to the the other winners? Right? I think par- partially it is it was uh, the the areas being developed, uh, so there's it's a lot more, it's not undisturbed anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the tra- especially boat traffic has been picked up, um, and I think so far this winter it hasn't been as cold um, compared to when we were we were fishing at that one time. Um, and also I, I and I'm, I'm going to, you know, give everything away, but, you know, salinity has to do with everything too. Right. Um, you know, that, I think that year it didn't rain as much this year. It seems like it's raining every week. (laughs) Yeah. So a little hint, like, uh, a lot of us guys that fish in these back areas further up North, you know, we're getting a lot of that fresh water push from all that rain that we're getting. Uh, so that's, if you're fish, you know, you're still fishing up North, right. Or you're fishing areas that have a lot of fresh water. Yeah. Your possibilities of you catching big trout or fish there, it might, uh, be less than usual because of what Jonathan's saying is the salinity. Yep. Yeah. I'm, you know, part of the, part of my thing now, when I'm looking at, uh, obviously conditions and, and tidal movement, uh, tide charts, you know, and, and wind charts and, and prep prepping for trips, uh, the other thing I'm looking at right now is uh, the NOA salinity forecast. Um, that's very useful. And uh, but uh, yeah, so I I've been fishing. One of the things that has stayed consistent in some areas is just I'm just fishing ledges now. Um, and it's been, you know, there there be, there have been days where it's been been awesome. Um, some days where it's just like really good trout and. Um, and then also uh, really good trout and also really good um, 
redfish just mixed in every once in a while. So that that's been my that's been my experience so far this year. So mm. how, how about yours? Yeah, so I'm having a lot of success uh, this time of year. I like to be it. I, it looks at, it's uh, dependent on what kind of winter we're having. And uh, so this winter, I noticed we're having a little bit more rain and it's not as cold and we're getting a little short, cold like spots. Right. So like initially, as soon as it gets cold, the fish might start transitioning. Right. But they're not quite there. Uh, and then it'll get cold and then it gets warm again. So it's kind of like the fish are doing different things and different stuff. So what I usually do is I'll go shoot straight closer to the passes where the salinity is a lot higher. And then I'll focus on those canals. I like to fish the canals daytime and nighttime. Uh, it helps those deeper canals. Like if you know, you know where the canals are a little bit deeper and closer to the pass. And uh, for me, that's a lot more successful day and nighttime. So just because they're not lights there, that those fish still like to get in there deep. And for some reason in those deep canals, I don't know if it's the structure that gets heated up and warms up those areas a little bit better. But I have a lot of success there. Uh, I have a lot of success on the uh, same thing with you is drop-offs, deep guts, deeper water, deeper pockets. Um, places where Texas Park and Wildlife like to sh shut down, those are good places to head to. Uh, when they're not shut down. So it's kind of a hint. Hey, look. Offits no, no. being one of the number one spots. Yeah. You know? I was going to say, like, Offits is, is is notoriously known to be really good during the winter, mainly because it's so deep in there. But, you know, just having that information out there that, that they close it when it gets real cold, just that that's a dead giveaway that there's just fish in there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, in Corpus, so I'll be in Corpus this weekend. And it'll be a little bit cold down there. So we're going to hit up some deep canals and uh, places uh, by Packery Channel or, or you know, I like places like Oso, Oso Bay. I don't know what they call it now. It might be called something different, but there's some deeper channels that I like to catch big fish there because those trout come in and they're pretty fun to catch during this time of year. Uh, but yeah, those are spots I like in Corpus. That's your tournament spot, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah it's there those areas are fun to fish yeah and, and actually you, you bring up something uh, um uh interesting to talk about too is that the canals um and i'm i'm just gonna just go ahead and say like you know you think about the canals over in west bay you know in galveston they if you look at west bay as a, like on a map like all west bay is relatively shallow everywhere until you get to the man-made parts of it, you know? Right. So, and, and that's just, fish will instinctively go to deeper waters whenever it gets cold. Um, such as, you know, this weekend. <laughs> and and it, it's just natural that, that that's what they do. And if you understand that and you understand what the deeper waters are, and that's just helps to increase your, your, your chances to, to catch fish. Um, you know, Fishing by no means is easy. Fishing isn't easy, but you know, whenever you have winter like these, and it gets, if it gets cold, and one like a, for me personally, one thing I like about the winter is that there's not much, not many people out there fishing. But you know, it's I like it. I think I got it. I have like every day, like on my Facebook, there's posts of me and like videos I did in the past, 
and you'll see me there like big old jacket beanie on and i'm there cussing and catching fish and dropping f-bombs and b-words and <laughs> uh but i shared one that had not that much cuss words today but i was like yeah i can't post that i didn't know how bad my mouth was a potty mouth but uh <laughs> if you don't mind the curse, curse words you can probably go on my facebook and check out those vids yeah for me it's just like i like bringing bringing up like some some images that i i, I have uh, that i've like releasing a big trout you know I think uh, actually a couple of weeks ago, I, my my Facebook memories had propped up like this seven and a half pound trout that I was releasing. Oh, nice! What is yeah. it? Twenty eight or? No, 20? no, it was it was a it was like a, it was a twenty twenty seven, maybe maybe twenty six point, almost twenty seven oh. inch fish, but it was just like fat, mm. uh, like a football. Uh, I remember, and, and that's one of the cool things about you know about these Facebook memories is, and is like. I, it brought up, it made me remember exactly what was happening at the time. Right. You know, we were fishing this, this back area where we were, it was like 12 foot of water um, and casting towards the bank where it's literally like two foot and just drops until like eight and it just slopes off into 12. And I was with my dad and we were at that point in time, we were supposed to be like, we should have limited out already, but we could just couldn't find the fish. And we got to like literally like towards the back of where we wanted to be. And it was just lights out. For some reason, all the fish were just like in this one corner. And yeah. he was like his first cast, you know, he, he tossed it out there. He just hooked up right away and he caught it. He caught his fish and I caught a fish. And then, you know, I, I tossed it out there. I was waiting for it to get to the bottom. And then, you know, I was like, I was just kind of looking at my fish finder. I was like, you know, it's counting like. You know, one thousand, two one thousand, three one, and I really, and I started look, still looking at the fish finder, lost track, and I was like, I never felt it hit the bottom, <laughs> and I just reeled <laughs> up and set the hook, and it started, you know, just this big weight, and it turned out to be this nice, big, nice trout that came up. Nice. Um, yeah, I wish I'd catch a trout like that. that's <laughs> 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 no, that's fun, man. I, 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 there's something about big trout and on the hunt for a big trout. I just, it's still, that's probably one of the only fish in shore that gets me going is big trout fishing. That's um, everything else is like, eh, eh, here we go. Hitting, <laughs> I don't know. I won't, I won't get into that topic. <laughs> but <laughs> Actually, we have a, a Ram Garcia here. Um, he uh, he asked the question of what gives off more heat underwater, metal structures or wind structures? Yeah. So like me personally, it depends when the cold comes in, right? Or what does this, what does the day look like? So if it like first gets cold, right? I think that, uh, that metal structure structure still has some kind of warmth to it. Right. But if it keeps getting cold and cold and cold, I think that metal structure will, will soon become overcome and it starts getting colder, you know, um, versus wood structure. It's just, it's, it's a different material. So, um, I think that would hold some warmth to it. I think uh, better. I think I overall. I think. Yeah. Even, I think overall. As long as and this is my uneducated opinion. This is just what right. I think. Um, I, I think overall, in both cases, I would even just say wood structures have more warmth. Right. Um, especially so if you if the wood like is sticking out of the water and has access to the sun, mainly because it's so it's like you know wood isn't like solid all the way through. It has air pockets throughout right. and it's, you know, it's, 
it was, you know, whether it's alive at that point, it was once a living thing and yeah. it helps keep that, that insulation. And in. whereas metal is just an inorganic material right. and it's just going to take in the temperature of, you know, whatever yeah, the air temperature is around it. That's so, like 10 times better than what I described it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I will say like, you know, there, there, are, there, there have been times whenever like just, you know, obviously I'm still fishing a ledge, but when I'm on that ledge, I'm looking for those wood posts that are sticking out of the water. Because if you get there, if you get behind them or um, you obviously figure out where the current is, but like, you know, you cast up current and bring that bait out. All right. you, those trout will just eat them yeah, up. Sometimes. I've actually, like, I actually have a video of me uh, working some pylons at night um, in cold, cold weather. And I'm behind the pylon as a incoming current's coming in. And I'm throwing it up current coming right alongside that wood pylon structure. Bam, they hit it. Um, he asked what kind of nails. It depends if it's galvanized or zinc. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Right? <laughs> He's Hopefully asking it's not littered with nails, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, you know. better break out that steel leader, Ram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. We, um, oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, it's just, it's just those things like, you know, those structure, you know, fishing these ledges, sometimes it's like, you know, obviously one of the major tools is having that fish finder, you know, just, just looking at the depth so that you're fishing parallel to that. I know I've talked about it a lot, you know, a lot of people when they fish ledges or they're, they're fishing drop-offs, they don't work it effectively. Um, actually my, my, one of my fishing yeah. buddies, Jay, we've been fishing, it's like there are people who there who go out over to an area and they, they know fish are there, just don't fish it right. And what they'll do is that they'll just cast straight at the bank and bring it out. But you're only working like that ledge, like part at a time. Whereas if you have a fish finder and understand like this is where, um, and I shouldn't call them fish finders because I don't use really use them to find, you know, you, I don't really look for, look for fish on there. I'm looking for the drop off. So it's more depth finder for me. You find that drop. And basically you can position your kayak and just sit on that drop and cast parallel to it. Right. That way the whole time you're working that drop. Oh, that's, that's a good idea. I never, yeah. Yeah. Usually I'm, I'm, I'm not even doing that. I'm just working the drop off like in that, you know what I mean? Like kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you, can, cool. you can just position yourself right. on that drop, you know, okay. It's going from two to four right. and then you can kind of sit yourself there and just cast down because generally, you know, like at the it, four foot one, right? Just yeah, bring it down yeah, to four just, foot, yeah, right? Exactly. That's a good idea. Yeah. Or, or um, you can find that oh, I'm getting, I'm actually getting the bites deeper. So let me move over and start working that five to seven foot range, um, yeah. where where that slope is, um, and and it it helps you become more effective, um, and helps you visualize. You know, I, I think most people are visual people, anyways. Um, when you're covering water, just just having an idea, like hey, I just got that bite. And it was around this point on an island that it drops to about six foot. And then, you know, a few hundred yards down the way, oh, look, there's an island. I can, I'm pretty sure that island's probably going to have a little point right there too. Hmm. And it's going to, maybe there's a six foot hole right there. There's probably going to be fish right there. And it's that, just re that, re re yeah, recreating that, that. When you say that, uh, like, uh, I, I, like, I got a flashback of uh, the, uh, was the East Lagoon is what it's called? Yeah. Where they have those points that come back out and then they just drop real deep. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, man. And the lagoon's a pretty good promising spot too to be, to learn how to you know kayak fish because it's protected by the wind for you guys that want to learn how to kayak fish. And there's decent fish in there. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a 
that reminded me when you said that. I was like, oh, East Lagoon. I thought of that, like the points, and it just drops off deep like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. And I also, like, I don't know about you, but I use half ounce jig heads. And I know a lot of people don't use big jig heads. Um, and uh, do you use half ounce jig heads or quarter ounce? Or do you go heavier in winter time with the lead? You don't? Okay. No, right. I'm, so I'm I think going... I'm one of the few people that actually do that. But uh, my, my, my structure is uh, like 20 feet, somewhere around there with 20 to 15 feet is when I'm fishing those kind of deep, deep water structure or deep water drop offs, so to speak. So maybe, yeah, maybe different throwing, application. I'm throwing quarter, quarter ounce um, for me. Um, and they work for, for the areas that I, I fish. I do understand the application of having half ounce shake heads. And, and I, you know, one of the things, actually, one of my resolutions that I'm going to, uh, my, my, one of my new year resolutions this year, uh, I know when I first actually started the show, one of the things I publicly said is that, you know, I, I don't think that jig, uh, the jig head size matters. It, you just need to go out and find feeding fish, which is still true. I still find that true. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's, having the correct presentation, it, it has made a difference. Like last, actually this, uh, yeah, in 2022, I started fishing 16,000 jig heads during the spring. Um, and I did really well, like fishing these currents and you know, a lot of the trout were, were feeding on smaller baits and, and all this stuff. So, um, I know back in the day when I first started getting into fishing, I had a lot, I fished a lot three eighth ounce. Um, especially over in, um, uh, what was that? Um, over by the, the, sh- the, the shipping port over in, um, uh, the, the port kind of area, Laporte, maybe. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Or a little bit past Laporte or Laporte. It's, it's, a, yeah, it's Laporte. Okay. Uh, fish, fishing the terminals over there. Oh, I'm not potlicking you. I just, when you said that, I, I, no, no, I thought no, of deep I, water. Everybody, kind of you're going to find Merrill there tomorrow. He's just going to be out there. Like, okay. All right. This, like is the, this is a shipping terminal that Jonathan was talking about. Yeah. Three eighth ounce jig head. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, I, right. yeah. What color lure were you throwing? What color lure? It was the uh, Truce Goose um, uh, Saltwater Assassin. There you go. Truce Goose? What is Truce that? Goose. It, what they is don't that? make it anymore. Oh. <laughs> I think the, the, the closest one that they have is the, uh, um, is the, uh, the uh, Lime Truce Ghost that they have now. Oh, nice. But, yeah. It, it, that was a question uh, Perry asked. How effective is fishing corkies from a kayak? Dude, I throw corkies year round, Perry. Like, I love those things. Um, I don't know. I didn't know why it's addicting. I guess I've gotten the pattern of working it so many different ways. Um, they got floaters now. So what I used to do is, like, pick it up real high and kind of skip it on the water. Like this one, like, suspending, slowly suspending bait. Um and then they have different weights now on these corkies. They, they've modified them so much. I think some people in, is go as far as bending the tail yep. so it can, like, fall quicker. Or I, I don't know. Uh, I don't do any of that, but it's been effective. I've seen people do it, and it's really effective. We have a um, whole episode talking about corkies. <laughs> oh, we do? Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure we spent, like, we, we talked about subsurface twitch baits. Um, oh, okay. And we, we had a whole segment that we talked about corkies. Um, but, yeah, yeah, it, it, very effective, whether you're kayak fishing or not. I, I do say that the big the big thing is that we uh, don't drift fish with it. It's just so difficult to drift fish with it. Um, 
Well, you got he's got a Hobie now, so right. So you would find out what the current's doing in that area and try to find yourself in a position where you're in your strike zone longer and you can get that effective cast that you're looking for. Um give an example, uh you're at San Luis Pass and it's an incoming tide. You'd face your nose towards the incoming tide and you'd pedal up slowly. And as you cast forward, you let your bait come this way. But make sure you're casting it at a distance where when it's coming forward, you're at your um, maybe your three or f- three o'clock. If it gets past three o'clock, you're too far behind you now. Uh, but, you know, try try to find out what your strike zone is, where you want to. If you're just blind casting everywhere, then you can just drift everywhere. But try to stay stay in position longer. I think wade, fish, wade fishing probably be a lot more effective posting up the yak posting it down that way you can stand in one position but uh me i don't get out of my kayak i like staying in my kayak uh, and i drift fish out of it all the time uh, it's just yeah. might be a little bit more work and learning how to work your rudder and positioning yourself yeah it, for, if you're if you're working the corky um like one of the things especially with a kayak and now that you could you know move and scoot around um a cork is not going to be the good, the best way to like search for fish because of the way you work it. You have, you know, you, it's, it's much slower than say just reeling in a jig, you know, a paddle tail. Um, so once I figure out where the fish are and generally also at the same time, you know, I can find an area where I want to wait and I can hop out and I, and then I can work that area real well with that corky. Um, and, um, if you're in too deep water, and there's current moving around, and even if you get positioned yourself right, the it, it sometimes it just gets really difficult to work that corky. So uh, either stake out, hop out and wade, or just be in the constant attent- paying attention to your movements. That way that you can, you know, get it out to where you need to get out to, and and so that you can constantly get that right action. Um, yeah, working a corky in a kayak is definitely fun. Just it can be. It could be a little bit of a challenge. So. Yeah, because, man, and, and I can't tell you how many times where, like, I'm adjusting my kayak, and then, they, boom, they hit that corky, and I'm like, oh, man, you know, like, and you're trying to adjust your rudder to the current and stuff. Yeah. That's happened more often than, than I'd like. But, yeah, wade fishing would probably be a better approach on that with the corky. Yep. Unless you're like me, don't want to get out of the kayak. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, getting out of the kayak is, is one of the, you know, I, I, I haven't done it this year yet. Um, mainly because all the spots that I wanted to do it at, they're, um, just been dead and <laughs> just dead. Mm. But, um, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's really, it's a really good way to learn an area because you have to slow yourself down. You can't really go anywhere. And it's, um, it's, there, there is something to be said about putting your boots under the ground and like feeling around, you know? Oh, I'm on sand or I'm on shell and mud and, uh, here's a drop off, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, if I take another step, I'm dropping like six foot over my head, you know? <laughs> right, right. Something to be said yeah. about that. I've seen that happen in, uh, out there in Sea Isle. <laughs> We're out there wade fishing, uh, wintertime fishing. And there's a gut, there's a deep gut that runs in front of, in front of the pier in Sea Isle. So we're going out there and we're wade fishing, me and a group of guys and a guy steps out too far. <laughs> he went under and. I mean, he came back up, but it was one of those things like, yeah, man, uh, got to watch your step there. Yeah, there's a, there's a little gut right there. Um, got to be careful. <laughs> yeah. Huh. 
Yeah. But he, he was all right. He just, uh, it being cold and he went straight back and that was it for him. Yeah. Okay. That's why you need to bring I mean, I'm clothes. short, right? So that's why, maybe that's why I don't like wade fishing because I'm too damn short. The water will be coming up in my, <laughs> <laughs> my waders and stuff like that. So yeah, maybe wade fishing is not my thing. <laughs> yep. We have a question from Austin, you know, what are your favorite wintertime colors? Um, like whatever yeah. I throw during the rest of the year is what I throw during the winter too. Um, <laughs> there's really like for don't me, it's change just, it up. Yeah, yeah, I don't really change it up. It's the, um, you know, like, a the, the truce goose kind of color lime truce ghost. Um, especially for those uh, straight tails. So, uh, uh, the saltwater assassins, um, uh, the plum chartreuse I'm always throwing all the time. And especially in, in, um, over in, uh, West Bay and, and pink, those are really my three colors. I used to throw a lot of morning glory. I kind of gotten away from it, but you know, it actually here, like from knocking tail lures, this right here, it's just lime truce. It's just lime, uh, uh chartreuse and white, you know? Oh, that's a good bait, man. Yeah. And that, that's really, that's kind of like, that's the color profile for my, my chartreuse and it just works. So. Yeah. I, I, um, I actually, uh, I like pink, uh, the pink fat boy with the glitter. Mm -hmm. That one. Um, I like the mullet color, which it little black and silver and red in the neck. That one. I like the purple one. Um, I don't know what that color is called. Like the plum chartreuse. Yeah. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They meant, so uh, I think DOA calls it like a June bug color. Yeah. Everybody calls it a little different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then and I would, yeah, I was gonna say even too, like even between different companies, like um, plum chartreuse for like knocking tail lures looks nothing like plum chartreuse for saltwater assassin. Because mm. the, no, plum no, chartreuse, the plum chartreuse for saltwater assassin is literally red and blue and with the tail. The chartreuse, chartreuse, and I'm doing air quotes. Chartreuse is a green tail, uh, and that you know. Um, one of is the that guys. Still show, is it that still truce? Like, really? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess, but it's like when you think when I'm thinking chartreuse, I'm thinking like you know, like that color. color. Okay, like, right. you're not like, thinking the green chartreuse color. Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking. I'm thinking of like a nuclear waste kind of yellow. Yeah. You know, not not well, like this. something like the Ninja Turtles drink or something. Yeah. Not that, right? Yeah. No, not that. okay all right and then so i do like i just my buddy went my buddy todd went with me one time and he was hooking up a lot on this like the the chartreuse the chartreuse color he had a chartreuse and different color and lure but it was mainly chartreuse and uh he was really effective with that one on with the fat boy Uh, and i wasn't as effective as he was as he was and we're kind of fishing generally the same area so um, I actually grabbed one of those for my arsenal. Um, size matters. Big girls want to eat. Oh, oh, yeah. I think somebody asked, does size matter when you're throwing lures? Um, I like to throw bigger baits. Uh, not saying that a smaller fish won't hit it, but I think the probability of a bigger fish hitting a bigger bait increases, in my opinion. What do you think, Jonathan? Yeah, and I, I, we've gone over this a lot too. It's just having that bigger bait, especially when it is cold. Um, like whenever you get to those warming trends, I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, but whenever you ha- like, if you, whenever it's like you know forty degree air temperature outside, it's been forty degree air temps the whole time. 
when the water and that means the air uh, the water temperature is like 50s 60s like cold you know mm-hmm. um when it was like that and the fish are lethargic they you really want to try to get that bigger that bigger profile because if you want to get them to eat they're going to expend as little energy as possible for the biggest reward which is going to be a big mullet for them um so that bigger profile is definitely going to help but whenever you have that warming trend after the, these cold fronts yeah it, it may help at the same time but it, you know you can get away with some of the smaller profile because they're at that point they're 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 feeding at that point they're mm. just stocking up to get ready for that next cold front so yeah yeah, yeah. i was going to ask you that question but you answered it oh um, yeah yeah like <laughs> i was going to ask well why would you think a fish would eat a bigger bait but yeah yeah that's good uh so another question is explain presentation um in the winter time versus this the summertime, right? So is there a different presentation you would have with a bait in those two two different areas? I've actually scenarios? found I've actually found during the winter finesse is really, really important. Um and and they go back. So these these knock and tail lures are really, really good. And I, I'm a big believer of them. Um, and I, I will use them a lot to like, especially when I know the fish are in those areas. Um, and I will just work water columns and search for fish that way. At the same time, tied on, um, on my other rod is going to be a straight tail all the time. And the reason being is I, whenever their fish are like lethargic and they're not actively, uh, fish, uh, you know, chasing bait. I'm sometimes like the, 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 the rattle or the, the, um, the, you know, the, the, the paddle tail motion, it just, for some reason is a turn off for them. They, they're not going to go after it more often than not. I found with a straight tail is, which is just a dart. It's a dart action. That's all it is. It's a dart, dart, die, dart, dart, die. Um, that is, is enough for them to kind of trigger a response. Uh, one of the trips that I've, I've, that I had, I was out waiting and actually over in sea isle. Um, it was a, it was a, one, a cold day. Um, I was actually trying to, my, my buddy, he was in a boat and he had parked all the way towards like the, the mouth of the, uh, of the canals to the back over there. Um, and I was going to actually walk in and get to the boat. And after that, we we're going to go out, he ended up having engine trouble. And, um, I didn't make my way over the, out that that way because I could hear him having engine trouble. I'm like, I'm going to leave him alone. Let them deal with that. I'm going to just fish over here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was throwing a pink uh, sand eel. I'm so, well, actually, let me start over. I was throwing a... Uh, a, a um, Flamingo? Not a flamingo. I was throwing a, a, a paddle tail. The, uh, oh my God. Hackberry Hustler, my, my go-to okay. back in the day. And like... All the signs pointed to me. There should be fish over here. Like every so often, you could see a swirl. There was current moving around this point. Uh, there's some deep water in front of me, and like Did you see bait. There, the, the swirls I saw from 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 mullet. Mm. They were they were just you can saw, kind of see them. Um, you know, just traveling through, and like there should be fish here. And I was throwing this this paddle tail, this hackberry hustler. Wasn't getting anything. Um, Through a corky nothing and i put on a this this pink hot pink uh, sh- uh norton sand eel first cast 
I caught like a 24 inch trout and it was just cast out there and just like, just bounce it slowly on the bottom. Just twitch, twitch, bounce, twitch, twitch. Slow and low. So slow (laughs) and low, slow and low. And it was literally like twitch, twitch. And then whenever you twitched it again, you didn't even feel the bite. It was just like you twitched it and it was like, it just got mushy and you just set the hook. Um, and I ended up catching, you know, back then at that point it was still 10 and I ended up catching like 20 trout just by switching it up. Um, and I, I completely believe it had something to do with just, it just wasn't moving. It was slow, number one, and it didn't have all that flash and thing to it. It was just the straight tail and it's just dart, dart. And then they would just pick it up at that point. So, yeah. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. That, that was, I mean, I guess switching up your bait would, you know, you so that that was a case where you threw a smaller bait instead of a bigger bait during yeah. the winter time, right? Yep. yep. So I guess we didn't really answer your question. I mean, <laughs> I guess <laughs> switch it up until you get a bite. Um, yeah. But I mean, I, you could like some some of these fishermen they have a sense, right? Like you did, they have a sense that hey, man, there's there's fish here. Like there's got to be, you know, you know, active fish here. And you could you sensed it, right? You're kind of like, man, I know there's fish here. Let me just change it up a little bit um, and see what happens. And I guess you were successful during that time. Uh, yeah. Usually, man, me, I'm lazy, though. Like, if I got a fat boy on, I'm just going to work that sucker. Just keep working. Well, I mean, working. I was lazy, too. The reason why, part of the reason why I figured there are fish there, I'll, at the same time, also, I didn't want to walk any further. So <laughs> <laughs> there better be fish here. You know? But but it's just all the signs that just pointed pointed to it and i i just felt like it, it was a good area i've caught fish there before so i figured that was going to be the case um but you know just i think part of it too and and there is something to be said about like having the kitchen sink with you but at the same time like if you have that if you have to throw like i, I don't want to be out there like i need to find the perfect bait and start tying on like eight different baits because that, that doesn't sound fun to me. You know? No, 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 it doesn't. So, so I guess we didn't we didn't help this guy out at all. So no. it's, like, it's like keep throwing the kitchen sink at him until you get lucky. Yeah, yeah. So it, we had that we we I had that success in, in Corpus too, right? Like mm-hmm. we're throwing fat boys, got a couple good fish, and then they just weren't hitting, switched to a straight tail, or it had a small paddle. It was a it's actually a knocking tail lure I was throwing. Um and I ran out of the pink. It was a pink one. The pink one. Yeah. That looked like the, uh, yeah, it was a pink one I was throwing. And I was throwing that one out there. And uh, I just threw that for the rest of the day. And uh, I was catching more fish. So I just kind of put the fat boy away and put that one on. But that was two baits that I transitioned to. So, uh, yeah. yeah. That was a transition for me. But uh, I didn't, I, and I didn't go heavier because I think we're fishing for that application. I didn't need, I didn't need to go half ounce jig head. Uh, I think I went with uh, it was a little windy that day, so I think I went with a, a quarter ounce or an eighth ounce. Uh, I think it was a quarter ounce. I went with quarter ounce, and uh, I threw the quarter ounce. But like for deep, deep waters, I'm using half ounce, which I mean deep is like twelve plus. Yeah, like I said, for me, I'm I'm sticking with a quarter. Um, I should get to heavier because I I've done it before, but for the most part, the quarter has done well. Um, and, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, we have Jay in the chat, uh, and Jay has 
reaffirmed my belief that I need I need to start varying up my my jig heads because um, we were out there actually probably a month ago, and he was just tearing up the trout on a 16th out jig head, and it was a, the funniest thing because literally you'd be bringing it in, uh, bringing it working in a little. He was using a little John, and um, another straight tail. You're bringing it in. And the fish would hit and just like start going towards you and you would have to catch up. Um, and by the time you caught up, the fish was already like behind your kayak. Um, so that's like shallow water water. So, right. Yeah. Like, yeah. We were, we were in like two and a half foot, three foot of water. Yeah. See, so, I would, I, that would, I would use a 16, 16 ounce yeah. or like real light because it's not that much of a water column. You can't do so much, you know? Yeah. And being in the middle of that column be a lot more successful, but, yeah. uh, we have another question here that says uh, uh, from Marco, have y'all seen the rattlesnaker tool? Do you know what that is? I'm not no, familiar I haven't. with it. No, I haven't. Marco, if you could send us a picture of it, we'll, I kind of want to see what what a rattlesnaker tool is now. But um, <laughs> um, I guess an, another thing uh, that... I think um, we missed a couple questions. Uh, did we? Mm. Yeah, I think so. Um Maybe you want to scroll and see if we can get some down there. Yeah, we. Oh, wow. here's one. There's a good one actually from Austin. How effective are popping corks in the winter? Oh wow, man! Use them all the time, twenty four seven. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I, I was gonna say I, I uh, actually <laughs> use it for the first time. Not for the first time. I've used them plenty of times before, but I've had a really good oppor- uh, opportunity to use them this year on, in January. Um, it was uh, we had a cold front going through. Um, and I had literally just like, I, I was getting ready for this cold front. Um, and I, I went into a drain and just like parked my kayak, um, at the, uh, like at the, at the inside of that drain and turned my kayak around. And when that water started flushing out with that front, mm-hmm. I just started dropping my popping cork and letting it drift back through that drain. Oh my gosh. It was so many redfish that day. <laughs> so many redfish. Um, and it was the, the tough thing too, was that I was using, you know, my, my spinning reels are, are, are 1000 size reels, 10 pound braid. Um, oh, wow. So that was fun. Yeah. And it was like, the thing was that all these redfish, they're just like going out to eat, like just leaving the, leaving the marsh and just going out there. So they would, they would take the cork under, I'd set the hook and they would just try to go out with the current. So everything felt like it was like 30 pounds <laughs> and I was just sitting there like, just trying to like, bring them back in through 22 like, inches right like oh that's a that was a yeah red. it's 22 oh, inches oh yeah no the, the first the first fish i caught was like a like a 18 inch red fit 18 inch rat red and i thought it was a freaking like a, a bull red you know so, yeah, you're pulling your string around as you have them on the line <laughs> yeah, get your exactly. rod up in the air getting the string ready oh yeah already like yeah, yeah. another cool thing too that. i had one uh i had a, i had the cork go down and i started trying to reel in uh, and get feel you know feel the the weight on it and it freaking uh, this ended up being like a 27 inch redfish ran past the kayak oh, like the cork man. just came up past the kayak and started going kept going uh, past me and i just brought it up and when i set the hook it was like like a freaking bass came out and just started shaking right there oh um, cool and um but yeah using a popping cork during the winter um you know especially at these drains i i i've been finding that it's really really effective um wow man that's yeah. uh crazy I, I don't even think i use a popping cork in the winter but i heard people being successful with them i just never uh i, I don't use pop corks in the winter time 
<laughs> maybe because I'm just mainly focusing on Big Trout and Fat yeah. Boys. Yeah, maybe that's why. Yeah, and the only reason why I was doing this is because uh, again, it had it had rained the previous day, um, so the water's kind of fresh. The trout wasn't doing anything. The trout, the trout bite wasn't happening, um, and I, I just knew the retros were in the back over here, so that's that's just what I was going to do. Um, we have Drew Turner, who also um, he's a uh, glad he's he's joined us on our chat, but he's a the the host of uh, the Paddler's Playbook. Go ahead and give them a listen if you're uh, looking for other kayaking fishing podcasts. He's asked what the best earmuff for winter fishing is. Oh man. <laughs> I think um, you're the only one that I've ever seen wear earmuffs during the winter. While for me? Fishing. Yeah. <laughs> you have those like big floppy earmuffs that you have out there. <laughs> uh, man, I use all kinds of them, Drew. Uh, the hats with the earmuffs on them. I like those. <laughs> uh, I think Sims got a good one too. That's like, it's a hat and it's here. Like it goes around your ears. So it's like a hat and then it comes down just like this. These earphones, it comes down right there. And goes around your ears. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, man. I wear a lot of, I would say earmuffs, but like beanies with the ear protection on them. Yeah, I like those. Man, I got some funny ones. Now that I think about it, I look like an ear pilot on some yeah. of them. <laughs> They're all like dangling everywhere. Yeah, just need a <laughs> pair of goggles, like old style goggles. Maybe yeah, set, yeah you know? that's all I need. Or the ones, you see the one that I had with the braids on them? Oh, those were funny. Yeah. Too. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> funny. The black one with the braids on it. I don't know what I was wearing. I, I think at that point I was just like, man, just throw enough clothes on so I don't freeze my balls off. Now, I got kind of to have to ask now. Are you are you picking your own your own outfits here, or what's going on with those? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know the answer to that question, Drew. Um, also, Ram Garcia, he joined us too uh, with uh, Speed Speed Spool. I might be saying it wrong. What's the podcast that Ram has? It's like spooled life. Live. Spooled life? I'm all speed spool. Man, that's like a bearing that you use for bait casters and reels. So, sorry, forgive us, man. I think it's spooled life, right? Yeah. Something okay. like that. Thanks for joining I, I also us, apologize because I, I don't remember on top of my head. He has um, a really good show, though, man. I, yeah, he I, does. He's got, a, he's got a great voice. Um, and he's got a lot of cool uh, guests. Which I think we got a couple cool guests lined up. Yeah, we'll we have a, we have too. a couple cool guests lined up. Uh, don't want to announce it just yet, but be on the lookout. Um, There's a because... lot of exciting things. There's this one in particular I'm really excited about, yeah. but uh, I'll keep my mouth shut. But I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's been like uh, yeah, it's spooled life live. There you go. Thank you, Drew. For... Thank you, Drew. Um, yeah, it's been it's been kind of a uh, we've gone, we can talk about this all day and, and I, I just don't want to keep everybody here for over an hour. Um, but, like uh, we're just getting started again. We're, we're just getting started again. <laughs> yeah. We're just getting started, but uh, time's out. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just want to get, thank everybody for joining us. Uh, and if you do want to join us live, uh, we're live every other Wednesday at 7 PM central standard time. You can find us at facebook.com forward slash one last cast podcast. Uh, we're also on YouTube. You can find us there and uh, just join us live and um, and uh, ask questions. Like we answered a bunch of our listener questions uh, live while we're just talking about this. Um, Y'all guys have some great information and great insight. We'd love to hear it from y'all. And if you have questions or that you, that you don't want answered live, uh, just uh, email us uh, one last cast podcast at gmail.com. Um, 
I guess uh, before we hop off, is there anything else you wanted to uh, kind of touch up on, Meryl? Yes. Um, yeah. Just shout out to uh, Landers Fishing. Uh, yeah. Just give those guys a shout out. Um, I think uh, FTU is going to try to get some demos for some of you guys to test out these kayaks before you purchase them. Um, oh, yeah. Shoot. I almost forgot a big one, man. What? Jesus. Martin's going to kill me. Uh, so DSKA is going to start giving uh, doing giveaways again. So make sure you get your uh, fish entries. So I'm going to go over a little bit on how that works, right? So you, you got to catch a legal game fish, right? And put it on a board and then say the, the code, whether, whatever it's like winner. Like it would be DSKA winner or he'll give you a code. You, you have to have the code. Either you could do a video and then show the, the fish on a measuring board and then release it. And usually they're good gifts, they're like reels, fish finders, glasses, uh, rods. I mean, they're, they're not just like, you know, some bootleg, like pack of lures. You know what I mean? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a decent gift, right? So, but the idea is to get you guys more fishing and on the water more. Uh, you had people that were always on the water that always participated because they're always on the water, like uh, Julian, Julian Lerma, um, Juan Perez, like those guys were always on the water and they were always winning. But it's like because it was like they're entering all the time. But so so basically, DSKA is gonna um, give you a code. You put that code in a picture and your fish on the on the the game or on the board with the measurement showing it's illegal. Or you can do a video and you say, "Hey, DSKA winner," or you know, DSKA you know, February or whatever, whatever the code is. And he'll usually gives it away out on the DSKA page. So yeah. Yeah. We're going to try to gear up on a lot of stuff, Phil. We're going to get back up and rolling. Life got the best of uh, most of us admins and we got real, real busy. So we're going to come back and hit it hard and get back in the mix and become more of the active page we used to be. So uh, stay tuned and stay active. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and actually, one more thing I wanted to kind of just briefly, briefly touch up on is like after you came out back from your your um, your Florida trip, you and I uh, talked to the pack group. Uh, we got oh, invited yeah, to talk to pack, um, and uh, yeah, I, I, that was a great experience just to go to a um, a, a kayaker kayaking kind of a, a club, and uh, they're a nonprofit and they 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 host host trips and stuff like that. Uh, you do have to there's membership fees and stuff like that, but they're they're an awesome group to be a part of. Um, and it was a pleasure to, to talk to them. Um, I think the, you know, opportunities like that are, are great. So, um, you know, yeah, if yeah. you guys, if you guys have a, an opportunity for, if you want us to come speak with y'all about kayak fishing, we talked about night fishing that, um, uh, during that, uh, our presentation. And that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, got, we got some good info from it. Hopefully. And I know that they, they got some good info from us. So if you have a, a group that you want us to talk to or, or whatever, we'll be more than happy to just send us a message through our Facebook page, or you can send it through email as, as well. The one last cast podcast at gmail.com. But, um, but yeah, I, yeah, I totally, yeah, that was a good, that was a good one. Uh, that seminar, that was, that was fun. And, uh, like, mo I think we maybe sent an eighth of the information we wanted to say, you ever do a little, those seminars, like, man, I forgot this, man, I forgot that. That yeah. was on my way home. I was like, gosh, we forgot so much stuff. But I um, mean, it was fun. Those I think it was a low entry fee, like membership fee, like something real ridiculously low. Like I think it was like twenty five bucks or something like that. But then they do a lot of outings, right? So they go on trips together. So if you're one of those guys that likes to go on a lot of trips, definitely hit up Pack, see what's up. Uh, 
I know um, my buddy, uh, he's in the group, um, Todd Schaefer, uh, Brad Fentanali, I think. Well, I can't say his last name, but he's a really good tournament fisherman. Uh, he usually used to kick our butts back in the day. Um, but, yeah, those guys right there, reach out to those guys, get involved. If you like to do trips, camping trips, and uh, they go, they travel along the world. So that's something to look into if you're that kind of kayak fisherman. Awesome. Well, it's been good talking to you, Merrill. Um, and I'm glad, hopefully everybody who was tuning in but, uh, learned a little bit about winter fishing from our perspective. Um, yeah, just stay on, stay on the lookout for some of our future episodes. Uh, again, facebook.com forward slash one last cast podcast. Um, and just be on the lookout. Thanks, you guys. Have a good one. Take care, guys.